Hi everyone, and a massive welcome to the second episode of our brand new series here on InfoSec Live, How to Hire Cyber Talent, where we get to engage with and learn from the cybersecurity industry's leadership in a live setting with open and honest conversations. For those that are new to the channel, my name's Simon Linstead. I'm the founder of the InfoSec Live community and your host for this show today. And I'm delighted to be joined by another one of our industry's leaders. This time it's Jessica Boyer. And Jessica, who I've known for, I think it's about a year now, Jessica, has over 20 years in the IT industry, which has taught her that she's a problem solver. And her career has taken her from IT support roles to sysadmin, network admin, and information security analyst. And she describes herself as a Jill of all trades. But not only does she have people skills, she loves to learn and teach as well, never never afraid to ask questions or willing to help, and passionate about people and technology, with both going hand in hand. And in her words, without people, there wouldn't be tech. Security awareness is one of her many interests that are important to her. And again, in her own words, no matter your job title, we should all be aware of how to protect ourselves and our data. And drawing on her experience, we're going to be digging in to why the current hiring practices in the industry are a little bit broken, and hopefully what we can do to fix them. But before we bring her on, sharing stories and best practices over the last few months has led to nearly 6,000 hours of our content being viewed now on YouTube by over 2,300 of you subscribers. So a huge thank you for your engagement. And if you'd like to support the wider InfoSec Live community, or indeed just just buy me a buy me a decaf coffee. We do have a few ways you can show your appreciation. You've got the ability to purchase super stickers in the chat if you like your question bumped up to the top, and three tiers of membership allowing you to show your support in any way that you can. But whether you join or not, being here and engaging with our content is what really matters. And if you're watching this live, please do like and subscribe. We want to make these events as interactive as possible. So make sure you drop any questions in the chat. And to help my aging eyesight, please mark them with a Q so I can spot them. And again, without further ado, let's bring Jessica on. If I can find the Stinger video, I'll press play. Here we go. Caught me slurping tea there. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> Hi. Hi, everyone. It's good to How be are you? back with you. Are you well? Yes. Um, finally, finally over COVID and um, hopefully stays that way for a little bit. <laughs> I and, get and, as, and as we were both saying just before we went live, both really badly prepared for Christmas as well, which is nice yeah. to hear that I'm not alone yeah. on that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I usually spend my nights, you know, the night before. Um, wrapping presents all night and then my kids waking me up and I've had no sleep. <laughs> yep. yeah, well, welcome to the club. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same in our house. We've got six children here as well. So it's um, it's always a bit of a frantic action at the last minute. But look, it's been what, over a year, I think, or maybe a year since we last spoke. We've communicated on LinkedIn. You came on, I think it was one of the very first live streams that we did on this channel. And yes. I think both of us have seen a fair bit of change over that last 12 months for the better. I know you think, I think, I won't say I know, I think you've started a new role as well, have you? I have, I have. I've, I've, I've went up the, the chain. I'm now a senior information security analyst for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island. I'm happy to be with that team. It's It's been great and um, been really supportive and um, just just an awesome um, place to be. So I'm really excited. I'm so, I'm so pleased for you. Being valued, um, is, I mean, we've had this conversation, I think, a year ago. It's hugely important, and it's nice to see that you're in a firm where you're getting that. Um, before we jump into the topic, which is to moan about, complain about, and try and improve on the, the current the current hiring practices in the market, just want to jump in the chat. We've got 
I think it's one of our biggest turnouts. You've obviously brought a big fan club with you. Um, yeah. Just want to say hello, hello, hello to a few people in there. We've got Alana, Gregor. We've got Derek from Cyber Warrior Studios. We've got Jay Tilson, who I'll stick with you, Jay, for a second, who I met for the very first time at Black Hat this week. I think we're kindred spirits. We've struck up quite a good friendship. And for anyone who hasn't seen his podcast, I think Jay was a, a CISO for nearly two decades. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jay in the chat. And he's recently gone over, as he says, to the dark side, um, works for a company called Axis. But he's also got an independent podcast called the SSE Forum. So I'll try and get the link and drop that in the chat later. But I'd highly recommend you all check that out. And while we're talking about people with podcasts, you know, Derek Scheller from Cyber Warrior Studios is here. Kev Tech is here as well. Thank you so much. Um, I've actually got, got Derek's gear on right now. And I have love you? It. Oh, so yeah. you have. Yeah, yeah very yeah. nice. Love yeah. that. You need to Love send it. me one. You need to send me one, Derek. Definitely. Hayton, <laughs> um, Nick Percal, Gregor, just don't want to miss anyone. Ellie, Richard, Nika, Javier, another Nick, Shane. There's just so, so many of you. So sorry if I've missed anyone at all, but let's try and keep this as interactive as possible and do drop those questions in the chat. But I'm going to start off um, throwing the ball over to you, Jessica, to give me your thoughts on what's wrong with the hiring practices at the moment or start to talk about that at least. Yeah, so one of the things I've been having conversations with with people is um, when we're talking about true entry-level roles, there seems to be this uh, disconnect about what is truly entry-level and um, the requirements behind an entry-level job. And one of the things I've seen with some of these entry-level job descriptions is three to five years experience. Well, if you're entry level, where are you getting that three to five year experience unless somebody gives you the foot in the door? I mean, education, you need the education behind it. You need the foundation skills of, you know, the job and everything like that, which you get in training. But having these requirements of three to five years experience, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it is. And, I, and I'd really like us to stick on on that topic that the show earlier in the week with Clint. I mean, we, we talked a lot from the employer's perspective, the HR perspective, you know, where things were wrong there. And over the last six months, speaking to dozens of CISOs, they've all repeated what we're saying, right, that you should hire on potential. It's not all about the certificates, you know, all the things that we're probably going to say in the show today. But that isn't happening. So what must be so frustrating for people who are watching this, who are trying to break in, they're hearing over here from all the leaders this is what we want. This is what we want. But when they get to the point of applying for the jobs, it doesn't it doesn't seem to have trickled down. And I think, I mean, you'll know how soul destroying that can become sending off resume after resume. It, it is. And um, thankfully, you know, with um, the the people I've interviewed with, the jobs that I've picked up with, you know, it's slowly coming around and slowly changing, but it's slow. It's a slow process. And then in a conversation that I was having with another group this week, they were like, you know, there's tons of mid to senior level roles, you know, and people want mid senior level. Well, you're not going to have a lot of mid senior level experience if you don't start getting people in there that, you know, have the talent, you know, and start training them up because somebody could be sitting there for three years looking for a job, trying to get their foot in the door. Well, that's three years they could have experience to keep moving on. Yeah. So that, that's a really frustrating part to see too, because, you know, me and you're aging, right. And eventually, hopefully. Very, very more so on my side, but yes. 
but we'd like to be able to retire someday. I mean, someday, maybe in my 70s, I can retire if I, you know, I ever get really, you know, stupid tired of this or my brain just quits, quits working with it. I so, think mine's already quit. But. We we need to start training up the next generation to help, you know, and I yeah. feel like we're still so far behind with hiring practices and job descriptions that don't make sense. And um, if it's true entry level, let it be entry level. Um, have the core foundations of, you know, what you're looking for, the knowledge there. You know, that's all well and fine. You need that. And you need that. Um when you're interviewing to speak about, you know, the knowledge, you know, and everything like that. But another thing that really irritates me is when you're on like an entry level um, job interview and they're hard hitting you with all these technical questions. I, I think it's, I think you're just, you're really just hurting yourself. Uh, with you this industry. I think, I think play, playing, um, playing devil's advocate a little bit here, not being on the side of hiring managers, because I'm clearly not, but, I think from the candidate's point of view and the market's point of view with regards to the massive focus on obtaining rafts and rafts of certifications, I think that's great. But mm -hmm. I think sometimes both candidates and hiring managers lose sight of what the end objective is, which is to have someone who's got applicable skills that they've learned. And whether they've done that job first or not, you know, maybe just doing some certifications isn't enough for some people to be able to relate that to the position. So one of the things that that Clint was mentioning, I think, on the last show was the fact of trying as a candidate to demonstrate how mm -hmm. or demonstrate that you have. Basically, you know, you have got these certificates, which means that you can understand this, implement that. Would you, would you agree with that or am I being a bit harsh? I don't think you're being a bit harsh, but some of the the better uh, the better interviews that I've been on had you know a mix of almost this critical thinking. Like they they pose a critical question to you: how how would you walk through these steps? How would you troubleshoot through these steps? For me, that was so much better than hey, what is this stupid acronym? What does it mean? And blah, blah, blah. You know, you really yeah. want to know how that person's thought process is and how do they work through a problem? To me, those were the, the better of the interviews, I thought. And then having those um, back and forth conversations, because I always tell, I always tell people, um, you need to be interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. So yeah. the questions you need to be asking is, what does your roadmap look like? What are what are the things that you see that could be done better? You know, just, you know, you really need to have a two-way conversation and not all it be blasting you from one area. But then is, is that, is that problem made worse than by the people conducting part of that interview process, not really understanding what it is they're asking, do you think? Yeah, I think, I think part of it is that, uh, is that too, um, just, you know, I, I don't, I don't think any of us maybe that do interviews are ever trained how to do interviews. So that may be the problem. Um, so I think some good training on how to conduct interviews would be helpful. Um, but also just I, some of the best interviews and, you know, I've gotten to interview people um, from my previous role at eHealth and um, just having a two-way conversation really pulls a lot out. Um, about that person, you know, their critical thinking skills, how do they communicate, what are their passions, you know, it, it shouldn't just all be technical, you need to know that person as a human being as well, too. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, Gregor's dropped, well, Kevtex made a comment. I'll bring that up as well because this is a really relevant point and we'll jump onto this in a moment. Um, pees him off. I might not get monetized ad revenue if I say the other word, Kev, otherwise I'd repeat it. <laughs> when they need to do five job interviews for an entry-level role, is that necessary? I think from my point of view, not being a hiring manager, but being a human being who has got half a brain, I think the answer is a definite no, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's excessive. It really is. I mean, if you can't within two interviews figure out, you know, if you want to hire that person or not or get the conversation you need out of them, you know, going past that three, four, five is just absolutely ridiculous. Now, if something is like it couldn't come up, the person um, that was supposed to be on the interview couldn't be there. That may be the why they're, you know, it's, it's dragged out into five interviews. But really within two, I would say two. It should that should be enough. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as Kev said again, tech can be taught. Stop asking for so much work experience if it's entry level. You know, if yeah. someone's got someone's got the passion, because that's I think the biggest prerequisite for me. Because this industry, this industry isn't one to get into for the money, in my opinion. There's easier ways to make money unless you've got that real passion for it. And the next one is then I suppose ability and and potential to learn, isn't it? Well, that, that's what all the leaders are saying they want to they want to look for when they're hiring people. But Gregor's asked a question, and I take it that's aimed at me, mate. Um, where is it? Let me find it. It's, it's age-related, so I'm, I'm expecting it to be related to me. It says here, talking about the younger folks, agreed, but what is your tip or thoughts for those in their 40s wanting to enter a new field? Use the gate. Don't try and climb over. You're too old. <laughs> your thoughts? I, honestly, you know, um, some of the some of the best people and knowledge and stuff that you you know you get in there is uh, people of our age group. Um, I transitioned my career in my late 30s into cybersecurity, yeah. so I'm not a young you know starting out of the gate person. I'm older, <laughs> and now I'm 41. So you know, um, I think there's a seat for everybody at every age group because you know depending on the background of that person, you know, um, you could bring in a lot of um, educational talent from previous experiences of hiring somebody that's 40 plus, um, 30 plus, you know, Um, I've talked to people that have worked in like retail, healthcare that are transitioning or education teachers that are transitioning over and they're older. And that was one of their worries. You know, am I too old to be transitioning? And I'm like, no, we need that kind of experience because cybersecurity is not just all technology based. It's people based, too. There's a people element and there's technology element with it. And to combine that is where you you really will grow. Yeah, for, for for me, the focus in the industry, obviously, and rightly so on process and technology, but it's the people who not enough money is spent on or time invested in, in, in my humble opinion. And there's a couple of other comments in there. Um, Alana, she's moved into cyber in, in her 40s. And for her, it's all about networking. Um, yeah. Elizabeth's frustrated, you know, as an older person who's just got a cybersecurity degree, can't even get an acknowledgement. I can only imagine how frustrating that is. I mean, me, I'm nearly 50. Um, I've been in the industry for 18 months, I think. Ageism is still a thing, and it's it's sad to see, but it is. It's still a thing we're still trying to fight. It is Um, is still a thing. I've I've come up against that same barrier. Um, For me, I'm going to agree with Alana in a big way. I mean, networking is what has helped me break into the industry, but I'm going to go back to it. That's how I got. I mean, that's how I got my foot in the door was I got on LinkedIn and – 
um, because I, I knew that there had to be a better way to network besides yeah. just spraying and praying resume. And so, you know, I got on LinkedIn, I got connected, I started connecting with the community and having conversations with the people in the community. And then I all of a sudden I felt this overwhelming support. You know, I'd post stuff almost every day. And, you know, when I didn't have a job, I was like all all the time on LinkedIn to the point my husband was like, are you ever going to get off there? I'm like, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, I'm, my <laughs> here. I'm not getting off. <laughs> I think I think, you know, net, networking is a big part of it. But for that to succeed, you need to go back to what we were talking about before, which is the passion word. Right. Because. Patrick's done a, a surprised face at my 18 months. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole story because most of you who are watching this have heard it, but I went from 30 years in sales with kind of nearly 20 years in regulated sales, um, 12 of which founding and running my own business and was very successful until I destroyed it all through um, under too much pressure, mis mis um, misaligned ideas of success. So I lost everything at 45 and I mean everything and had to start again and for me I'd followed money my whole life which is why I always say don't get into this for the money and the, the reason I wanted to get into this industry is because I've always loved tech and I like breaking things and I thought I was going to be the world's <laughs> best pen tester which I clearly clearly wasn't right but it it was the passion for the industry and the interest in it and knowing how unsafe and dangerous it is out there for people and wanting to try and make a difference. Again, this is no different to anyone else that you speak. I mean, the, the bankruptcy, the losing everything maybe, but the the passion, the the desire to help other people, the desire to, you know, give back, that's the common denominator for every successful person you see in this yeah, industry. So, that, so while networking is important, it's yeah. not just the networking, it's adding value um, yeah. to other people. I think, yep. which is how, which is what you do on social media as well, Jessica. Yeah. And that's why I've stayed connected and stayed hooked up because honestly, if it wasn't for the people that were on LinkedIn, that were supporting me and cheering me on, you know, um, my, my feed wouldn't have gotten to my previous manager who ended up, she messaged me through LinkedIn. I was like, Hey, I'd like you to apply for this. I saw your content. You know, I like what you have to say. It was a video. She couldn't yeah. tell me which video, but she reached out to me that way. And and again, with this is the second job I've had that LinkedIn, it's been LinkedIn. I didn't apply. They reached no. out to me. So, social um, proof is what it yeah, is. They saw my content and, um, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate and a supporter of this community. And, you know, I tell people, you know, post things that you're passionate about. You know, if there's something that's interesting, you make a post about it um, and get those conversations going. You know, I've had so many great conversations in not only my own post, but other people's posts. I mean, the information is out there and it's flowing. It is. It is. It, and you know, let's, let's jump back in the chat because Elizabeth's comment earlier and her frustrations, I want to go back to what Richard's just said. So Richard's a friend of mine, member of the InfoSec Live community, spoke to each other on many occasions. He's even sent me four leaf clovers through the post. He sent me tablets to help my dog. That's how good of friends we are. And he's 57, <laughs> 57. And he went from helping a long-term friend, I hope you don't mind me telling people, Richard, but I'm going to anyway, helping a long-term friend run their kind of direct order business for, for a long time, wanted to get into cyber, sidestepped into a support role in a, in a new company, but he's now after three months, I think he said, yeah, three, three onths, as you said, Richard, he's now on the security council because security is new to this company and, that, and they've expanded really fast. And Richard doesn't just bring, you know, two years worth of studying to the table. 
He brings massive amounts of experience, especially to a new business. So my message to you, Elizabeth, is is don't give up. You know, like it is to, I think as Patrick said, there's hope for the new 40s just transitioning into tech. This industry is desperate for talent outside of the industry because you're bringing in so many different skill sets that are, tra- that are transferable. Yeah. And, and what people, like I said, you know, earlier on is this is not about all about technology. This is about people too. And, you know, people play a critical part all through the business. And if they don't understand how to secure and protect what they're doing, you know, not only in their personal lives, but in business too. That's why I love this because I love having conversations with people in yeah. the business and explaining the, to them security in a manner that's just not all technical jargon and just completely losing them. You know, explaining to it where it's meaningful, they can grasp it, they understand it. You know, that's really a key is getting conversations going and and, and getting people to understand without having a bunch of techie jargon going on. Yeah, I think techie jar- jargon or acronyms, whatever whatever we want to call it, I is acronyms. Ma- I do <laughs> massive, massive part of the problem. Um, I just want to I want to bring this one up quickly. Um, Jay Tilson again mentioned him at the start of the show. SSE Forum, happy to try and match people to roles I know are open, as well as check CVs, resumes if needed. This guy's awesome. Um, veteran CISO, been in the industry a long time, and also a really really good guy. So I'm gonna annoy you jay by dropping your linkedin <laughs> in the comments there <laughs> See, you might, you might get a few requests but that is really 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 appreciated and nick has made a made a comment that i just want to make a, a quick remark on the older you are the more likely your passion and drive um and desperation and need i think <laughs> you know yeah well, f- for me it isn't about the money but i have got six children you know i've got to think about their future so whilst Money isn't the overriding factor. It's important for me. You know, I've got, what, 15 years left at work if I physically make it or if my brain stays functioning properly. So I've got a bit of catching up to do. But, yeah, thanks, Nika. And, and Raven said it's surprising amount, surprising amount of transferable skills to security. Oh, and yeah. Think, oh, yeah, totally. And I have I had a conversation um, last week Um with some of the, you know the older generation, even my age, older that are transitioning to or get or coming out of retirement, even they're having to come out of retirement because of what is going on. You know, uh, yeah. interest rates are skyrocketing. Retirement is not making it for them, and so you see a lot of people coming back out of retirement to work to you know to to feed a little bit more of their income that they need because things prices of things are just they're yeah. blowing up. It's, it's, it's and, the same. I think we're going to see a lot more of that people are going to have to like get out of retirement or come out of retirement, which is unfortunate, you know, but at the same time, you know, that mindset needs to change about ageism and stuff like that. Well, you're at retirement age. Why are you coming into this industry? Because you've got a person that has all that past experience. I mean, it's a wealth of knowledge there. And as Kev, as Kev rightly said, when you can break something down in a non-tech way, C-suite execs are going to love you, especially when you do oh, yeah. proper documentation, etc. And again, these are skills that you're bringing across. You know, if you've worked in business for years, it doesn't matter what business it was. It's the same language. And if you understand that and you can communicate it, even with like an inch deep knowledge of cybersecurity, I think it puts you in puts you in su- such a great position. Um, Derek, you, you've made a comment in there about um, soft skills are harder to learn or people skills and i agree they are not everyone's you know not everyone's natural at everything and it does take a bit of work but for those that are interested i have got a couple of free mini courses in the infosec live community on 
communication, listening skills, empathetic listening, body language. And myself and Joe Evangelista, a CISO in the US, we ran a ran a group session about six weeks ago for some community members going through ways to improve that. And it's like anything though, Derek, right? You can improve it. It's just practice. It's just yeah. practice. And if and if you don't like people, you know, sometimes I don't like people. And after spending two days walking around Black Hat, you know, you wonder whether you want to have any more conversations at some point. But if you're doing it to get a job, you know, most people can learn enough to get through those those interviews. Would you agree? Yeah, I do. And we really need uh, the senior leadership, uh, you know, of cybersecurity to really step it up, too, because, you know, like I said, um, we have a whole generation out there ready to work, ready that are talented, more than talented. And um, opening up those positions, allowing people to get their foot in the door, you know, and I've heard I've heard it said and it's kind of irritating that, well, people don't want to open up to entry level because entry level people make mistakes. I've seen plenty of seniors make plenty of mistakes. So let's get real with that. You know, humans make mistakes. It's going to happen. Absolutely. And also, I'd like to bring the argument in that experience doesn't necessarily make you a great candidate. So I said this on the last show, and I've, I spoke to a few industry leaders about this. If you've got a choice between a candidate who's, you know, transitioning from another career or just breaking into their career, they're hungry, they're passionate, they want to learn, or you've got someone with 10 years experience who's sitting there checking logs all day, who's happy to keep doing that for another 10 years, which one do you want? I mean, for me, for me, that's a no-brainer. And Ellie's in the chat and Ellie's background, um, I hope you don't mind me mentioning again, Ellie. Ellie was a school teacher for a number of years, masses amounts of transferable skills, but again, really, really struggling to get traction with employers for interviews. So what about hints and tips for people? I think by having these conversations, hopefully, the more we talk about it and the more other people talk about it, hopefully things will start to change. But as you said earlier, it's a slow burn, right? It's a slow process. So until that has happened, people like Ellie and many others in the chat, Elizabeth and a few others, what, what can they do? What can they do to try and beat the system, I suppose? conversations, networking. Um, I, I know there's a lot of fear but about reaching out to recruiters, reaching out to hiring managers. If you see a job that, you know, you even fit like two of the requirements or one of the requirements, you know, I tell people all the time, reach out to the recruiter, reach out to the hiring manager, introduce yourself. Sometimes you'll get a reply, sometimes you won't, but that's okay. But having those real human connection conversations really opens up the doors and, you know, just by saying, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm passionate about. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Um, you know, I think a lot of people get scared, even me. You know, I don't you know, I hate intruding on people or you yeah. hate hearing. No, I don't want to hear from you. But really, you know, who cares if you get a bunch of no's or you, get, you don't get a replies? You know, when you get that person that does reply to you and you're having those conversations and stuff, all you need is that one yes to get your foot in the door yeah. and then go from there, you know, and watch, watch your career explode. And the, the other thing is, in, in reality, jobs aren't filled through LinkedIn posts normally and job boards. The, the, the jobs on LinkedIn and job boards are the ones that haven't been filled through referrals and relationships. And going back to what Jay said in there, you know, he's happy to link people up where he knows where there's jobs. This is how people get jobs. It's the, it, the networking. That's why it's mm -hmm. so important. I think the stat I saw, not that I like banding about figures, but it was around 70% of roles are filled through existing referrals or internal referrals before they're even advertised. So if that is the case, the best way to give yourself a chance 
of getting a job, as you rightly say, is putting yourself in front of and becoming or developing relationships with these people. Yeah, it is. And it, it, like I said, it can be scary, but, you know, put your fear aside and just go for it. I mean, you know, what do you have to lose? You don't really have to lose, you know, but to gain, you know, with connections and relationships and having conversations, even if you, you know, I've, I've reached out before to other people and it may have taken some time and eventually they come back around and be like, Hey, um, so it can happen in, in, in that way too. But um, really just opening those doors, to conversations and reaching out, um, I think is a big advantage to a lot of people. I, I think so too. Well, um, what I'm hoping to do moving through the series, if there's anyone watching who recruits either pen testers, SOC analysts or junior testers, any of the roles that I suppose those who are trying to break into the industry are looking to get, if any of you would like to come on here and be a guest and talk about that, um, it would be great to hear, wouldn't it, Jessica, from the horse's mouth, as it were, from the people who are putting these jobs out there what it is they actually want and what the candidates can do. So I've dropped my email at the bottom. <clears throat> if you want to, if you'd like to be a guest, please, please do reach out. That'd be good. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome to get some hiring managers, recruiters um, talking about, you know, what they see and what, you know, what they need to see and what, you know, what it is like from them, from their point of view. I think that would be great. Um, do, do, like you wanna, said, <clears throat> do you want to know why else I think that um, networking is key to finding a job? And I'm now going to, ruin my chances of getting any hiring managers or recruiters <laughs> ever to come on this show it's the fees involved so in the uk i think the average is around 10 15 percent sometimes employers will have to pay a retainer to even get recruiters to look for a job in the us i think it's more than that isn't it 20 percent, 25 percent fees i'm not i am honestly i'm not even sure about yeah, that I, th I think i think they can go up to 30 percent for a recruiter fee now you're not telling me that that's that's not prohibitive to businesses trying to find talent, because again, the way the recruiters get the candidates for this is through networking, isn't it? And as Kev Kev Tech Kev, thank you. I found Simon through networking, so anything's possible. And same goes with Derek, Jessica. This is how we met. You know, yep. this, show, this show has only come about through these conversations that we've had. Yeah, and um, really, I've I really just. Um, excited to see how this has grown for you and um, so impressed. And I, you know, I've spoke to other people and told them to link up with you because you're providing a, a wealth of information along with a lot of people out here. You know, uh, the biggest thing is, you know, networking, network, ne network. I tell that people to all the time and it is scary, you know, for some people. Um, but even, just reaching out, having a conversation. Hey, how are you? How's it going? You know, I tell people um, I made a post about um, job roles, right? In cybersecurity, because the umbrella of job roles under cybersecurity is very large. And I think people can get lost in that as well, because and, and even in job titles, you'll see cybersecurity analysts, you'll see information security analysts, you know, the job titles vary too as well. Yeah. So really just um, looking and researching about those job roles, what you want to get into, and then connect people that are already in those job roles and ask the questions, you know, what it is you do, what is your daily job look like? You'll get people that, you know, will have those conversations with you. You may not get people that have that conversations with you. I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you and talk to people about it um, because it, it really is. Research is the, the key to, you know, driving and honing in what you're targeting. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think for anyone who's, I mean, the word imposter syndrome, I've just spotted in the chat by Elizabeth saying that it can set in quickly, especially with older candidates. I completely agree with that. I spent a few months last year ready to give up on everything I was doing. You know, we were shopping and getting things at a charity shops for the kids for Christmas and struggling to pay bills, all because of me, you know, because not only had I lost everything, I then decided to try and break into an industry that I had no experience in. But it gets goes back to the passion, doesn't it? And the dedication. If you believe in something enough, I think you can get there. And yeah, so- and to, to Kevin's post, he just had a post, um, which was great and talking about, you know, all all the interviews, all the no's he got, and he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. You know, you'll get a ton of no's. I've gotten a ton of no's throughout my career. You know, I wish I kept track of it. It'd probably be in the thousands, maybe. Who knows? But, you know, it's that one shot that, that yes, that person that brought me in, that gave me that opportunity to grow and learn. And, you know, you, you once you get your foot in the door, stay connected, stay in it and um, really just just envelop yourself with all you can about the industry, about what you're doing. You know, if if you've gotten in your foot in the door and now you're gotten to where where you feel like, you know, you're kind of maybe bored or you want to do something new, reach out to your manager. Hey, is there another project that I can work on? Hey, is there something new that I can develop? You know, keep growing those skills and, and reach for more. Um, because really that will, that will explode your career even beyond, which was great about, you know, mine is, you know, each, each business, each thing that I got into and job roles were never the same. The, the software is never the same systems are never the same, but being able to get in there and learn and research was just a key thing to open up a lot of doors for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, um, I'm just trying to get my calendar link up which i'm only going to put up i'm going to change this link after half an hour because otherwise it's going to potentially ruin my christmas but (laughs) the the offer is if anyone if anyone out there is struggling you know especially with with the motivation side i'm pretty good at picking people up and giving them a bit of focus so i'm going to throw out there if you want a half hour chat there is my diary link And I'd be more than happy to jump on a call with any of you to see if I can connect. I mean, all I'm good at, and I mean all I'm good at, is connecting people. That's all I've ever done. You know, you look back at all the different roles I've had. They've all revolved around relationship management, business development, which is about people. So I haven't got jobs to give you. I've got some jobs on the go through Jobs in Cyber at the moment. But personally, I haven't got any jobs to give you. But what I can give you is some time if that would help. And I'm sure, Jessica, you might extend a similar offer without being foolish enough to put your actual diary link in the chat. I actually, I was like, I was thinking about that um, last week and this week. I was like, I really need to get on that whole calendar, like calendar thing, because I, I have, I have people have reached out to me and then we'll set up a Zoom call or whatever, a 30 minute call and we'll have a discussion. And um, it's been phenomenal. I love communicating with people and talking to them and answering any questions I may be able to answer. I'm not, I, I, I'm not an expert in everything. Um, I'm a continuous learner, but you know, if I can help you and to just even just encourage you to stay with it and stay in the game, you know, um, that's a big help too. So yeah, if you want to reach out. That's, me, that's, that's all it takes sometimes, right? That's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. Just someone to give you that bit of confidence. And going back to the chat, uh, Richard Phillips has been, been there for me on a number of occasions. Gregor 
has been there on a number of occasions. Ellie's been there, you know, all these people within the community. And I always used to not mock, but my, my businesses were always built up face to face. You know, I never had an online presence. I wasn't on social media for years. So I always used to laugh a little bit at people who had online friends, right? (laughs) I used to think it was a bit strange, but the last 18 months has just proved me completely wrong because I've now got the most amazing, and they are friendships, amazing friendships with people like yourself and so, so many others through LinkedIn, through the InfoSec Life platform that I've completely proved myself wrong on that. (laughs) Not to knock on my husband. He he is really great. But when I first started on LinkedIn and I started posting, doing uh, content and all that and connecting, he kind of made fun of me a little bit for it. Um, But I told him, you know, with our industry, his is a little bit different for how his role works and stuff like that. But he's made those connections. He already has those connections all over the place um, just from his job and what he does. But for me, you know, in our industry, it's a little bit different. You know, LinkedIn is a way to connect our community and our industry. And, um, you know, he he put his foot in his foot in his mouth when he told me that um, I'm never going to make what he makes unless I get a college degree. And I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, Oh my God, watch me do this. And so when I did it, it wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That lit a fire under me when he said that I was like, sometimes that's what you need when, um, when I'm, well, I lived in Tenerife for a few years um, in my 20s. And when I came back to the UK, I had a pregnant girlfriend who I hardly knew. I'd moved back in with my mum. I needed to get a job. And, and I landed a job um, booking appointments for financial advisors, which I hated, right? Sitting in a call centre, like just speed dialing people all day. And I had, um, I think after three months, the financial advisors came in and they all had nice suits and like, nice cars. And I thought I'm going to do that. And I had a meeting, Jessica, with my, my line manager a couple of weeks later, who said, you know, I was like 26, I think at the time. So I was an older person in the in the call center, because they're all quite young. She said, have you thought about becoming a team leader, Simon? I said, to be honest with you, I can't think of anything worse, which is probably the wrong thing to say to someone who does that job. I'm going to be a financial advisor. Well, she laughed in my face, this woman. And if you're watching, um, I'll give you a quick way. She laughed <laughs> in my face and told me it'd take me 10 years to do that. Well, six months later, I'd passed three exams, self-studied and got a job at Sun Life of Canada. And the main reason I did it was to show her that she was wrong. And then when fast forward 12 years, um, my business had been going a few years. It had grown exponentially. And we had this massive rebrand and launch event at the local college. And she walked in the room serving our tea which I thought was quite nice. But she came up to me and said, oh, I, I didn't know you worked for them. And do you know what? I didn't even say anything. I said, yeah, I've, I've, I've been here a while now. How are you? And then she just walked off. But for me internally, that was one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if it takes for someone to piss you off <clears throat> to give you the yeah. motivation, I, I think it could be a good one. I'm just digging into something that Kev said in there. When you surround yourself with positive people, they pick you up when you want to give up. And I think, again, my grandmother had a few quirky old sayings. Um, One of them was all fur coat and no knickers, which I use all the time. But the other one was lay down with dogs and you get fleas. And I think that's the opposite to what Kev's saying. You know, surround yourself with the right people, the positive people, not those people who are going to drag you down and tell you you can't do it. You know, use them Mm -hmm. as your motivation, maybe, rather than your direction. Yeah. And use those no's as motivation. You know, every no, you know, just keep striving for that one. Yes. You know, absolutely. Keep going with it. and 
and know that, you know, there's a community out here that you could hook up with that will uh, help you and support you and cheer for you when we see you like posting that you've got your first role. You know, I see I see people, you know, landing their first role and just comments after comments, congratulations and stuff like that. So yeah, people love people love awesome. it. Yeah, yeah it's, we're, it's, we're here. We want people to work. We want people in this industry and to do well. And and as much as I'm all for working from home, because I only work from home now, there Me is too. still there is still a lot to be said for face to face networking. And yeah. I'm not sure of your name other than it being Cyberflower, which is awesome, by the way. But mentioned that last evening they went to the holiday mingle of a well-known group, got 35 new connections, including the guy who paid for the event, which was awesome, three-hour event. And I think you then go on to say, Cyberflower, that this morning you'd already had eight viewers of your LinkedIn profile. But the important bit there at the end, now it's up to me to follow through with all those contacts. And that's the key bit. And for, for Black Hat, for me, it was free, right? You can get a free ticket to some of these events. So it costs you your travel to get there and back. But I spent two days, met what's probably going to become one of my lifelong best friends in Jay Tilson, who's in the chat, had a conversations with so many amazing people, met people who I hadn't met from the community before. And the value in that, Jessica, is overwhelming, I think. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's it's fun because, you know, when I was in between jobs and I had to pick up random jobs just to keep the income coming in because, you know, I was a single mom, too, at, at one point. Um, and I had to take what I could get, either yeah. being customer service, being a server in retail. I loved connecting and talking, having conversations with people. So, you know, I, you know, open doors, how far are you? And then all of a sudden it'd be like, oh, I work for such and such, or I do this. And I'm like, well, I'm doing this. And, you know, you never know what your next opportunity may be. It could be just in a conversation. Yeah. So well, you know, listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this then three weeks ago, I'd left the firm that I was working with who was sponsoring the CISO experience. I was looking for a new sponsor, but I hadn't done anything about it. No outreach, anything at all. And I've been doing some outreach to CISOs about being guests on the show. Right? And I had a, have about between five and 10 chats a week with CISOs at the moment. And one Friday, I think it was three weeks ago, chatted with a guy called Carl Matson, CISO at No Name Security. At the end of the chat, I mentioned the fact that I was looking for a new sponsor. Within a week, they'd signed up to sponsor this show. I'd never met him before. Uh -huh. I never met him before. I sent, you know, a, a cold email or cold message out to him on LinkedIn about being a guest on the show. And that's what's happened. Again, you've got to put yourself out there to get the opportunities. It's no, you know, not physically, but put yourself out there online to get those opportunities. And, you know, for anyone who's seen Shrek film, I've got lots of children, so I tend to use the, <laughs> like the donkey. Pick me, pick me. You know, that, that's what you've got to do, right? You've got to get noticed. Yeah. And um, don't, you know, there's, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of irritating things come across LinkedIn, you know, people griping about influencers and griping about people sharing posts and yeah. having the same conversation communication go on. I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, you know, silence the noise. Don't be afraid to post. Don't be afraid to put out there what you're passionate about. Um, you know, ignore all that and just just post, make a post, you know, yeah. and get conversations going, you know, have conversations in other people's posts that, you know, that pique your interest. Um, man, these, these connections out here have been phenomenal, really, truly. I, I enjoy it so much. And that's why I've really stayed hooked up with this community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a comment earlier that I can't find. I've been trying to scroll through while we've been chatting, but I can't find it. But the, the gist of it was, 
especially for those those of us who are slightly more mature, might have families, responsibilities, bills to pay. Breaking in can be tough, and it means that you're probably going to end up having to do a job that might not be related for a while until that happens. For those that haven't got, you know, all day to commit to networking, what other ways can they, I suppose, get some experience and exposure? There's, for me, um, there's part-time internships with some firms. I know if you're in the US and you, I think they're based in um, Norfolk, Virginia, I know Valor Cybersecurity um, have got an internship at the moment which I don't think it's a paid internship, but it's an internship that would give you, you know, access to learning experience. And again, all that stuff that when people say, you know, what, where's your experience, you might not have been paid for it and you might have only been doing it part time. But having that on your resume is going to stand you head and shoulders, I think, above everyone else. Again, yeah, um, volunteering in communities as well, Jessica. Right. Whether- whether it's InfoSec Live or CyberMentor Dojo or, you know, KevTech's YouTube community, Jerry Ogier's Simply Cyber, Jack Scott, you know, they, they, Christoph Foulon, there's just so many, isn't there? Right. And somebody mentioned there was a post and I don't remember who it was, so I apologize. But the conversation was started around there is a really lacking um with small businesses and their understanding of cybersecurity, and they may not have the finance finances to like hire a full-time cybersecurity person or somebody to come in and really set them up correctly so that their, their small business is secure. So honestly, reaching out to some of these small businesses in your community, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm, this is what I'm, you know, do and volunteer maybe to help them out with some stuff, yeah. um, make those connections in the smaller business community. Um, I'm, I'm currently, um, my neighbor, she, she's an all state owns her own all state agency insurance. And she reached out to me to help her with, um, her information security plan for small businesses, because they're, they're really driving that that even small businesses need an information security plan. So I'm going to be helping her with that. And even though she offered to pay me, I was like, no, I was like, we're neighbors. We help each other out. That's what I'm doing. I'm, you know, volunteering myself. Absolutely. Um, Elizabeth's mentioned that she's now finishing a part-time internship. Book a, book a call with me, Elizabeth. Let's have a chat, see if I can connect you up with anyone. And Kevtech's comment, you only fail when you stop trying. Completely agree with that. And again, it's back to your idea of success as well, isn't it? Success isn't a destination, it's a mindset. And if you can keep that right, which is the hard bit, it'll get you through the haters. And I think it was Patrick who asked you the question. Here we go. Is making a post every day the only way to get noticed sooner? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, no. Sometimes, you know, I haven't been as uh, tedious with making posts every day, um, but I still have conversations with people in other posts. When I first started, I really wasn't posting anything because I was a little bit scared, like real, you know, I, you know that that putting yourself out there and that fear yeah. of rejection kind of thing. So I would, I would just scroll through LinkedIn and comment on other people's posts and they comment back to me and really just conversations it began with. And then I had people that I connected with, they were like, you need to start making your own posts and you need to do, they challenged me to do video content. So it really is just having conversations with different people in the community. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And Rabin's made a good point. And this is the, the word I want to focus on for the last 10 minutes is value. Because it's those who add value first who win, you know, in, in business, in life. If you can go online, back to that social proof, everything Jessica's been saying, demonstrate value. And I'm not a fan, right, of these lists that you keep seeing on LinkedIn of loads of resources. However, it's not just the LinkedIn algorithm that makes them successful. 
it's the fact that they're useful, right? Mm-hmm. And people do benefit from them. And I think, again, whilst I'm a little bit cynical of some people who copy and paste other people's lists and then just post them, it'd be great to see some more original content. I do think there's value in the lists. Mm-hmm. And I think anything you learn, share what you've learned. You know, there's always someone two steps behind you or five steps behind you on, on your path. So even if you've only been studying for six months, I set up the InfoSec Live community. I don't even studying in the industry for, I think, <clears throat> been studying for about 18 months before I set the community up. I wasn't an expert at all, but I knew enough to start trying to help out and reach to other people. So if you're new, don't don't hold back. You know, as, as Jessica rightly said, don't be afraid to start sharing and engaging with people. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, um, JJ put out a post too about even if we don't always agree with each other, there's something to be, to be learned from each other yeah. and, and value added and just being able to listen and understand and take away. There's things I've taken away from people who I completely disagreed with. Um, but really just be, being able to open yourself up and, um, there's things that you probably come across that maybe some of us haven't heard of or considered and your thoughts and your opinions do matter. You know, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of, you know, if you're learning something, but you're not sure about it. Hey, I'm learning this, 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 I need help with this post that kind of stuff, you know, because I've seen posts like that and getting just all kinds of conversations going in that post, trying to help people out. And I think the word that wasn't mentioned in that post, but could have been is the word ego. And I, and I mentioned that because a lot of the reason people don't listen and engage with other people's opinions is because they think they know better than everyone else. And unfortunately, that's that's an ego problem. Um, and there's not a lot you can do about people like that sometimes. But again, it can work in reverse, can't it? You know, you need For to sure. be aware. You need to be aware of your own ego. And I'm I'm like this. Some I'm quite sen- I'm quite a sensitive soul. I need to be liked. Yeah, back to the donkey thing again. Pick me, pick me. I don't like being rejected. So I think. Sometimes you have to be careful how you read and how you interpret things, you know, especially with cultural differences as well when, when you're messaging to people all over the world. And remember that it isn't an attack on you and mm-hmm. that the person might be having a really shitty day and you just happen to be the first person that speaks to them. So I think having the ability to have some empathy, even with people who are clearly assholes and kind of feel sorry for them helps as well. Yeah, it, it is. And um, you never know what somebody is going through in their background. They could be having right. a hard time financially and they're just about to lose their home or whatever it is, or they lost a loved one. I mean, that empathy, just, you know, to put yourself in that position, you know, when have you had a bad time? And when have you like expressed yourself in a not so nice manner because you were having a hard time or hard day? And then um, also be, you know, a cognizant of like, you know, different cultural speak and tones and stuff like that. Um, It's been great connecting worldwide with people because I've learned so much about different cultures and the different ways people speak and engage. And um, it's, it's been phenomenal. I love it. I've also, also realized that there's a lot more talent in less developed countries than there is in the developed ones. And I think a lot of that drive, that hunger to like, you know, exactly, exactly that, you know, it's back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, isn't it? You know, we're all at a different point on that with different things we need to solve. But for those who, who are having a real tough time living in a country where things aren't easy or, you know, even in the UK, in the US now, as you rightly say, with inflation running rampant and 
the economy going into a downward spiral. It's it's tough for absolutely everyone. Yeah, it is. So the more, you know, the more empathy you can have and just, you know, start, you know, don't take every negative comment or everything that comes at you personally. I've had to learn that over the years because I, I did, I would take a lot of things personally. And eventually as I got older and matured and realized, you know, it's, it's not, it, sometimes it's just not personal. It's just something they're going through and that's how they express themselves. It is absolutely. I'm going to drop in, drop in the chat. I'll have to type it out because the InfoSec Live community has, had an upgrade so it's completely changed in the last 24 hours it's run on a mighty network and i logged on earlier and didn't know what was going on so i need to <laughs> i need to do a bit of work on the layout but i want to drop in here um the link for anyone who's watching who isn't a member to join the community because half the people or if not more than half the people in the chat are already in there and the support that everyone gives to each other is phenomenal so if you're not part of the community and you want to start networking more and meeting like-minded individuals, please do join the community and please feedback on any improvements and how we can make it better as well, because I want to try and look at, I mean, you know, Jessica, it was set up June last year and it's just had stuff added to it and it's become, what well, it's an amazing place from a community point of view, but it's quite confusing for a newcomer who comes in and just goes, what's all this stuff? So any feedback would be amazing. We're five minutes before the end. Um, I have got front row seats at my six-year-old daughter's christmas play uh, at six o'clock i love i love it i love little kids i'm really really, (laughs) excited i've seen a video of it my wife went when i was in london at black hat on wednesday and she's got a speaking part they're doing it in the local church which is you know like 700 year old church near the school and she gets to stand on the pulpit and read out a couple of lines and my daughter (laughs) was the most timid little girl when she started school the teacher actually asked us after three weeks if we could record her speaking because they didn't think she could talk. That's how shy she was. And she stood up on that pulpit on Wednesday and enunciated and projected her voice better than any of her classmates. And that just goes to show back to people trying to break into the industry with practice and determination, you can overcome anything, can't you? I'm sure her little hands were fidgeting underneath and her feet were tapping and, you know, inwardly, <laughs> inward, inwardly she felt horrendously nervous, but yeah. outwardly, outwardly you wouldn't know. And if you can practice that for interviews, again, it can't hurt, can it? But give me for some, sure. give me your words of wisdom. Let's focus on, there's a lot of people trying to break in in, in the chat today. So let's focus on finishing off with some wisdom to those people for what they can do to make a difference, apart from what we've talked about already. You know, get in the community, connect, reach out, um, you know, stay hooked up. You know, you can even message me, uh, message other people, um, just start having those conversations. And um, really, the more practice that you have, you know, for me, getting in front of a bunch of people and talking, I'll, I'll tell you, it terrified me. Like I, I would start shaking and just like, just like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. But the more I did it and the more I practiced at it, the, you know, the, the more comfortable that I felt and all those nerves and all that anxiety just kind of, it kept going down and down and down the more you did. And there, there's groups out there um, that do practice interviews, which I think is great because it really helps you, you know, get those nerves squashed down. It really helps you hone in on, about what you want to talk about. Um, because I do even still now I get nervous, you know, coming into interviews and things of me, that me nature. Too. Yeah. 
Me so too. practice, 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 and really just engage with this community. Absolutely. And my, my final comment is going to be learning from my mistakes where I tried to run before I could walk. And whilst I've always loved tech and, you know, I've always played with computers going from, you know, coming in at CompTIA A plus and then trying to do an OSCP nine months later was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great learning curve. But what it made me realize you is learned I something from it. Yeah, too. I learned that I wasn't ever going to be a pen tester. <laughs> but I also learned that um, I didn't really have enough knowledge about networking, all the fundamental IT stuff. So big shout out here to KevTech IT. Support. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he's phenomenal. He is. He is truly phenomenal. And I want to just get his link for anyone who's not subscribed to his channel. If you want to improve your fundamentals in IT to get yourself ready for this industry, Kev has helped. It must be hundreds, if not nearly a thousand people over the past few months and years get work from his tutorial videos on YouTube. There's the link. Please, please, please do check it out. And Jay Tilson, I see, has mentioned on there that he'd love to have you on his podcast. Get on there, Jessica. He's the nicest man. For sure. He really, really is. I'd love so, yeah. to. I'll, um, I'll do a little intro on LinkedIn when we've finished, but I just want to say as well, thank you so much for everyone. It's been one of our biggest turnouts today. So you're going to have to come on again, Jessica. It's been absolutely amazing. <laughs> I, would, I would love to. I really do. I love this. I love sharing and, and really just supporting, you know, everybody out there with their goals and trying to, you know, break in or transition. Um, I, I, I love it. I do. And I'm going to stay hooked up with it. And, you know, um, Someday, maybe when I get the opportunity to be in leadership and start hiring people, you know, yeah. I, I'd love to do that someday. So that's where I'm really, you know, thinking future ahead me. <laughs> Absolutely. Jessica, it's been a pleasure. I'm sorry it's been so long since we've caught up. If I don't speak to you before, have a very happy holidays with the family. Yes. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Mer holidays. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. And for the rest of you, it's Friday today, isn't it? Meet the yes, members. In the InfoSet Live community is going to be put back a little bit tomorrow night. It's normally at eight o'clock, but England are playing in the World Cup. So I'm going to push it back to about Yay. nine. Yay. Well, we'll see. I'm <laughs> going to push it back to about nine because I want to get in. I want to get in on the meet the members and meet you. So if there's anyone here in the chat that wants to jump in, it'd be great to see you there. Jessica, thank you. Play you out with a quick stinger. Also available on Apple, Spotify, in audio. This will be up in about 24 hours. Again, Jessica, thank you. Everyone else. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, everybody. See you soon.